0: Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Columbus Blue Jackets. We are joined again by our pal PD from the Canon. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing, Kelly?
0: Good, thanks. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Um, you're always a good insight into the Blue Jackets. We were just talking. I totally forgot when we last played. It was back on November 27th. So ages ago, a whole other lifetime, back when the Flyers were playing really well. Um, Flyers went three to two. Obviously, a lot has changed for both of our teams since November. <laughs> Why don't you give me like a little spark notes rundown of how the last few months have gone for the Blue Jackets?
1: Yeah, to uh, yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride uh, that would put Kings Island or Cedar Point to shame. Um, <laughs> lot, lot of, lot of highs and lows. Uh, obviously, yeah, that things were not going great uh, for us in November, um, and then. We hit a real hot streak starting in December. Um, since December 9th, the Jackets have only lost in regulation four times. Um, but two of those times have come in the last week. Uh, the win streak came despite having an insane number of injuries, uh, maybe even because of the injuries. Uh, it brought in a lot of new faces, uh, guys from Cleveland eager to prove themselves, and uh, – this, they, the team just clicked with a very team-oriented defense-first system that led to a lot of wins and a lot of points and has, you know, rocketed the Jackets up the standings. Um, they've we've had over 327 man games lost to injury and counting. Uh, we've got eight currently out this week that will not be playing this week. Um, it, it's really ridiculous that the team has continued to have success despite. Missing so many players and so many key players. You know we've had injuries at every position, both veterans and rookies. Um, but now this last week we're on a five-game losing streak. Uh, now three of those losses were in overtime. Um, most of them were to bad teams. Uh, we lost Seth Jones last weekend, and that is maybe one injury too many because he's just he's the best player on the team. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. He Contributes so much on both ends of the ice, and on special teams, and in overtime, um, so we're really missing his presence, and I think that has the team uh, out of sorts a little bit. Uh, they've been struggling on offense lately, and now with him out, uh, there have been some defensive breakdowns, and that has what, that's what has led to some of those losses. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 been up and down. We lot, you know, Leonis Corposalo and goal had started playing really well in December. He got named to the All-Star team for the Metro division. uh, But that announcement came the day after he injured his knee uh, and he's still out, um, probably still a week or two away. Uh, And then Elvis Merzlikens, who had not yet won a game in eight starts uh, prior to that point, uh, has been on fire since then, has put up better numbers even than Corpy did. Uh, has five shutouts on the year, and all of which came in an eight-game span over the last month and a half. So, uh, yeah, the, the goaltending has been has been carrying the team. The defense has been carrying the team, um, but things are starting. Things are they've hit a rough patch here in the last week or so.
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Elvis in a second, but just in case people listening to this aren't aware of just how many injuries the Blue Jackets are dealing with right now. I'm looking at nine on this list, um, and it's not even like it's just nine random guys. Like you guys, like you just said, you lost Seth Jones recently. Mm-hmm. Um, without Cam Atkinson, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Alexander Wenberg, who's been great for you, he's out. Um, Alexander Texier? I do mm-hmm. say his name wrong. Um, I think we talked about him on one of the, the earlier pods about how right. he has been playing well for you guys. And like you said, Eunice Corposalo. So it's not just like you've lost some guys to injury. It's like kind of the core of the team.
1: Well, yeah, um, you look you at that to list have... and you could put together a like a legitimate starting six yeah. from that injured list. You'd have like Anderson, Wenberg, Atkinson on the forwards and then Murray and Jones on defense and then Corpus solo in goal. Like that would be a really good team line to start the game. And that's on the injured list.
0: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about. Elvis, because you guys have on your roster right now three goalies with names that look like <laughs> they were made up by school children writing a fairy tale. Um, You've got Elvis Merzlikens, Eunice Corpasello, and uh, the guy whose name I'm not even going to attempt to say. say Kivlanix. <laughs> Kivlanix. Okay. <That's, laughs> I never would have gotten there, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, hard. <laughs> and the three of them are putting up pretty pretty good numbers um despite an up and down season for the blue jackets but Merzlikens especially has been out of nowhere outstanding um what is it about this guy that you think is working so well is he mechanically a good goalie like we talk a lot about Carter Hart being positionally sound and that's how he ends up being so good for us um what is it about Merzlikens that he does well
1: Yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything. Uh, I think he is positioned well. He's super athletic. And then he just has that that it factor. You know, he's got the personality that you want from a goalie that that kind of swagger, you know, Um, and positionally, he's aggressive uh, coming out from the net, um, but not recklessly. So I think when he comes out far, it's to give himself the best possible angle to defend the play. Um, he's pretty good handling the puck, uh, which has helped the team a lot. You know, he can start a breakout by making a good pass. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got the whole package there and, uh, you know, in, in short time, Columbus has really fallen in love with him. He's very demonstrative after wins and, and that's got the crowd really excited. So, uh, yeah, he, I'm now, we're finally seeing, uh, you know, what the team and what the scouts had seen in him, uh, you know, before the season, uh, Jarmo Kekalainen had said that, you know, he thought Elvis was the best goalie not playing in the NHL, um, and over the first three months of the season, we didn't really see that, um, you know, we saw some, he had some good games, but, you know, a lot of times where he would give up a few soft goals early, and then settle down a bit, um, so when Korpisala went down, and after playing so well, you know, we were a little nervous, like, alright, could Elvis step up, he has this great opportunity, it's it's him or it's nothing, Um, and, and he really rose to the occasion. I think it almost helped him to have, to have that pressure on him. Um, Mm -hmm. but he lost the pressure of like, oh God, if I have a bad start, I'm going to sit on the bench for two weeks, which is what happened. He, he had not played for at least two weeks prior to coming in then as the, as the new starter. Um, so I think he knew that, all right, it's his, it's his job, win or lose. And I think that freed him up a little bit. And, and I think he likes that pressure of, okay, it's it's on me now to carry the team. And I think he's really thrived under that pressure, which I think the best bullies do need to thrive in those big situations under under the biggest lights, you know. So, uh, which uh, gives me a lot of hope going forward, and I hope that, uh, that maybe he can be the, the guy long-term for this franchise.
0: So to get to this Seth Jones injury um, a little bit, because I think that kind of is the big one. Um that if the Flyers are going to take advantage of anything, they're going to need to take advantage of the fact that Seth Jones isn't playing. Um, And kind of just reading up a bit, it seems like the Blue Jackets are going to lean on Zach Wierenski to pick up where you don't have Seth Jones. Do you feel that he's going to be able to step up? I know that he had a a turnover in the Tampa Bay game that led to um, a a goal, I believe. Um, Yeah,
1: the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah, the game-winning yeah. goal
0: in overtime. Yeah. Um. So are are you confident? Because we hear a lot about Wierenski because there's a lot of comparison between him and Ivan Provorov. Um, do you feel that he's going to be able to step up in Seth Jones' absence and carry the defense for the Jackets?
1: Um, well, I, I, Zach Wierenski is a very good player. Let me start with that. Like, he, he's gotten ragged on a lot this week for that mistake in Tampa, and it was a bad mistake. Like He definitely screwed up. Um, but I think it, it stands out because he doesn't normally screw up like that, you know, but he owned up to it and, uh, he's still a very good defenseman. he still does a lot. Well, um, there was a a play last, last night in New Jersey where they had a two on O and he got back and was able to break the play up. Um, but he's still, he's a different kind of player than Jones. He's not, he's definitely I think more offensively gifted than Jones is. He's certainly more of an offensive defenseman. Uh, he currently leads all NHL defensemen in goals scored. He scored 18 so far this year, um, and I think he he could thrive because Jones could cover for him, you know, and allow him to play up on the play. Um, so now he's with Marcus Nuñevara, who I think is capable of covering for him as well, just not quite as much as Jones is. Um, you know, Jones is the kind of player who is. Uh, I was listening to the the Jackets radio host podcast this morning and was, he said that you know he makes the pl- hard plays look easy, so it's you can lose track of just how good he is because he makes it look effortless. Um, so that's what we lose. And but Nudavar has done okay covering for Wurenski, but Wurenski can't completely pick up the slack defensively because Jones is just that good.
0: Okay, now I want to talk a little bit about. Um... A couple of players that I did not know a ton about before kind of diving in here a little bit that Flyers fans might not know a ton about. So i want to ask you about them. Um, a couple of younger guys. Um, let's see. What's Andrew Peak? Couldn't remember okay. his first name. Andrew Peak, and then um, Vatislav Gavrikov are yes. a couple of young guys. Um, tell me a little bit about what we could expect to see out of them.
1: Okay. So uh, Andrew Peak. I'll start with first. He is a rookie defenseman uh, out of Notre Dame. Um, so I'm, a lot of my family uh, went to or is currently going to Notre Dame. So I'm definitely invested in seeing him do well. My dog is wearing a Notre Dame collar now as we speak. Um, he's actually – he's really impressed me. So I did not think that he was going to spend much time in Columbus this year. I thought he would just spend the time in the AHL, getting used to the pro game. But, obviously, with the injuries, he had to get called up, and um, he looks pretty comfortable. Uh, He's a kind of player who I rarely see him make the wrong play. You know, he's not necessarily making a lot of standout plays, but it's the kind of, like, okay, if you're not noticing him, that that's a good day from the defenseman. He's that kind of guy. I think he's more of a stay-at-home defenseman, uh, though he did have his first career goal uh, last night in New Jersey, so that was cool. Um, But, yeah, he's solid... But still, a young guy still has a lot of growing to do. But you know, you know, can't complain about him as a as a third pairing guy. And then Gavrikov, uh, he has he has blown me away with how good he has been this season. Uh, he's also a rookie, uh, but he's played professionally in Russia for several years now. He's been on the the Russian national team, the Olympics, and the World Championships. Um, so kind of an established player, but still fairly young, but only you know twenty three or so, and. Um, just a already though an elite shutdown defenseman uh so he's been paired up with david savard and they are a it's very hard to get anything going against those guys because they are just so positionally sound and they hit hard and they're very effective at getting the puck up ice and even even gavrikov has managed to contribute offensively just being in the right place at the right time to you know get a rebound shot but that's not he's not a Wuranski type offensive player. Uh, But he's just all around really solid and um, one of my writers, Rachel Buells, just did a piece on him over the weekend uh, profiling what he's done on the ice as well as uh, some of the stuff he's done off the ice. He's got a kind of dry sense of humor that you can tell has really clicked with the rest of the team. uh, Including one time where they were in Vegas and it just shut out the Golden Knights and Elvis was being interviewed and uh, I guess the interview was going on pretty long so Gavrikov shouted something at him in Russian, and Elvis just started laughing. And so the reporters asked, "Hey, what did what did he say?" And he, kind of sheepishly said, "He's like, he said we're in Vegas, let's go." So, <laughs> That's so yeah, he, so he he he's been he's been a, a real revelation, and and adds a lot of key depth to the defense, which I think um, helps the team maybe this summer to trade one of their defensemen, maybe to get some mm-hmm. offensive help. But I think Gavrikov will be that kind of foundation of the second pair going forward.
0: So you mentioned earlier that uh, the Jackets are on a little bit of a losing streak right now. Um, But three of those games have been lost in either overtime or a shootout. And if we go back to the Florida game at the beginning of the month, um, that was one in overtime. It's been a lot of extra hockey for the Blue Mm -hmm. Jackets. And out of curiosity, have these games been... The kind of games where Columbus is fighting back to get to overtime and steal a point? Or are these the kind of games that Columbus is giving a point away by ending up in overtime?
1: There has been a little bit of both, actually, in that stretch. Um, uh, So yeah, like last night was one where they... We're up two nothing after the first period. Seemed like they were going to run away with it. Gave up three goals in the second period, uh, then got one back in the third to, you know, even it up and get the point. Um, again against Buffalo, they had a two nothing lead and again blew it, and then had to come back just to salvage a point. Um, and then other games where they've, um, you know, had to come back just being down the whole time to to get the to get to extra time. So. Um, it's been a little bit of both, and it's they've been very yeah exhausting uh, yeah. overtime games, uh, just games where they had to I said you play that defensive system, so you know they're on the game the whole time trying to hold on and and not allow any high quality shots, and and that just takes a lot of work. So I am nervous about uh, the game in Philly because uh, the Flyers are on several days rest, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, whereas the Jackets will be their fourth game in six days. So uh, I'm afraid that that's going to be a factor in, in Tuesday's game.
0: Okay. Um, what has been going well for the Blue Jackets over this
1: losing stretch, if anything? Um, well, so they've, for the most part, have been limiting scoring chances for the opponents. Um, when they have given up goals, though, it has been from what few defensive breakdowns they've had. Which strikes me as a little bit of bad luck, you know, when, like, okay, the opponent capitalizes on every single mistake that's made. So hopefully that luck kind of turns around a little bit. um, And, uh, you know, they don't have to give up a prime scoring chance on every single defensive breakdown. And hopefully they just stop having a few defensive breakdowns, especially in the second period.
0: And just kind of turning to a little bit of a macro view, are Mm -hmm. you expecting... blue jackets to get into the playoffs this season
1: (sighs) it's hard to say um it is hard right yeah it's really hard uh it's such a tight race in the east um could go a lot of ways i i think this week is going to to be huge these two games in particular
0: games right they're they're
1: huge yeah, now, I mean, if it, if the team's pretty much split it, then that's really not going to tell us anything or determine anything. But okay. if either team manages to get a regulation sweep, that might well bounce the other one, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I think if the Jackets can manage to get two regulation wins, that'll give them a five-point cushion on Philly. And that's... Uh, yeah. That's, that's It's really not,
0: hard to overstate how important room. it no. would be. Yeah.
1: yeah. Whereas if Philadelphia does that, manages to be three points up on the Jackets, then... Uh, then the Jacks are going to have to, you know, claw with Carolina for, for that last wild card spot. And, uh, and that could go right down to the last weekend of the season. Uh, but I also feel like with this losing skid that they need to, they need to get a win soon or else that could really spiral out of control. Uh, and and I, I would hate to see that happen, but uh, there's not much margin for error at this point.
0: So we talked about a couple of the young guys that are playing well for you right now. Is there anybody else that we might not know about that you think could be an impact player in this game?
1: Well, the 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 one player who I think is still playing consistently well is um, is my personal favorite, Albert Durkstrand. Uh He has been just on fire. Uh, he he missed most of uh, January with injury, uh, but since he came back, it's like he he didn't skip a beat. Um, so he's been a consistent scorer, whether he's scoring goal or whether he's getting the assist on other goals. Um, he's definitely the player to, to look out for. Uh, he's currently on a line with uh, Gus Nyquist on the other wing. Uh, and then Kevin Fenland, uh, who is a, a young Swedish center, uh, has kind of unexpectedly in the last week risen to be the top line center, which is really unexpected. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois ended up in towards doghouse for some, uh, less-than-ideal effort in some games. Um, now, he seems to have snapped out of that against New Jersey. He got a lot of praise from Tords for his work in that game, but the the Stenland line with Bjorkstrand and Nyquist uh, has been the one bright spot offensively, or the one line that can be counted on consistently to be somewhat of an offensive threat. Um, so that's 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 a line to look out for.
0: Okay, final thing I'll ask you, as always, is for not one, but two predictions for how these two games are going to end up. Um, I'm, I might not make you give me scores for both of them, but let me know how you think. When we get to Friday, how are we going to feel about things? What do you think is going to happen?
1: So I'm going to predict a a split with the yeah. home, home team winning each game, and I'm going to say that uh, the first team to three goals in each will win. It will take no more than three goals to win either of those games.
0: Yeah, that's my thought as well, is that they're going to split these games. Philly will win at home. The Blue Jackets will win at home. Because there's absolutely no way that either of us are going to be able to rest until the very <laughs> end of the season, as far as playoff pictures go. I don't think we're going to know how the Metro is going to shake out until the very last moment, which will be fun for everybody. Yeah. And by well, fun, well, I mean I, torture.
1: I will say, though, uh, considering all that the Jackets have been through, to just be in the race still at this point, is that feels pretty good. And I would much rather have that than to be completely out of it and already looking forward to the draft and the offseason and things yeah. like that. Like, I'm, I'm really happy that the team is still in it, and I'm proud of the way that, despite all the adversity, that this team has still managed to come together and compete every night, and it's still... It's still mostly fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone jokes about the loser point, but a point's a point, and those loser points have been keeping you guys afloat during this losing streak. So.
1: Yeah, and that's something Tort said after the game yesterday. He's like, Yeah, you know, like, yeah, we want to win. He's like, But the points are a thing, and every point matters. So yeah, if we can salvage a point, you know, that's still a good result.
0: All right, PD, thank you so much for doing this. This was great, as
1: always. Uh, Happy to be here, and I like to give uh, one shout out before we go. Uh, Please do to two members of the Broad Street Hockey team, uh, Kurt and Steph. We're in Columbus for an analytics conference uh, a little over a week ago, and yeah. it was a absolute pleasure to get to hang out with both of them. So, uh, so, so mu- mu- much love from Columbus here to the to the whole Broad Street Hockey crew.
0: Yeah, Steph's great, and Kurt's fine, I guess. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Kurt is like one of my favorite people, and the whole world. So I'm glad you got to meet them. They're awesome people.
1: Uh, I'm I was, glad you guys, uh,
0: it seems like everybody that went to that conference had a good time. So I'm glad it,
1: to hear it, it. was, it was a, an amazing conference with the jackets hosted and a uh, really, really good opportunity just to like meet all of these heroes of hockey stats that I follow on Twitter. Like, right? I, You know, yeah. got, got to one of the evolving hockey twins at the bar and share a drink with uh, Michael McCurdy from hockey. This is like, oh, I was just totally starstruck. It was wonderful. So I lived with yeah. him. So. Oh okay,
0: <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but I am in his spare
1: bedroom in Halifax. Okay, <laughs> so. I, I, I knew that you knew each other. I didn't know that it was that. that yeah, yeah,
0: we're yeah. I'm he essentially had, his third child at this point.
1: That, that was <laughs> quite an adventure for him to get to Columbus, but we were all really glad that he that he did make it there. So
0: yeah, it's it that was quite a a journey. But yeah, thank you again for hanging out. Head over to Jack's Cannon. To learn a little bit about the Blue Jackets, you guys do great work over there. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoy the two games. I hope that our respective teams do not torture us for the entire length of the rest of the season because I'm not sure I can take it emotionally. I just want to know are we in or are we out? But in is what I want, so if it takes till the end, I guess that's that is what it is. But
1: hopefully we can get some sleep.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, enjoy the games, PD. I hope you have a good rest of the week. Go Flyers. Thank you, you too.